Hey everyone and welcome back to the Purposeful Mindset Podcast. I'm honestly so grateful that you're subscribed to my podcast and I'm excited to share yet another episode with you. This podcast is all about bringing servant leaders to share their stories and life experiences with you all in the hopes to help more people to find their true purpose and meaning to life. Today I have an incredible guest. I'm honestly super pumped to bring him on. His name is Alex Vidal and he has been in the real estate industry for over 20 years. Alex's real estate career began at the age of 19 when he broke into the business as the assistant to the president of Keys Real Estate. Over the course of his career, Alex has held several positions including recruiting director, sales coach, sales manager and sales. Most recently, his focus was on building offices into local powerhouses and turning boutique brokerages with a handful of agents into large-scale agencies with several hundred realtors. In this episode, Alex touches on why we must all have an inner motivation that gets us out of bed every morning. He also shared why no matter how bad your day gets, there's always something to be grateful for. So without further ado, let's get straight into this episode. Hey Alex, thank you so much for being with me on the Purposeful Mindset podcast. I am super grateful to have an hour of your time and I'm looking forward to just dive straight into this, man. Could you introduce yourself for my listeners and just briefly share with them your story? And I've got so many things that I'm looking forward to ask you because I've seen some of the interviews and some of the guests that you've had on your podcast called The Closers Club. And man, I'm super excited, man. I'm I'm excited. Thanks for having me, number one, man. I, I appreciate it. Uh, it'll be funny to figure out who asks more questions, you or me, of each other, right? <laughs> yeah, both, 100%. We're both podcasters. Um, long story short, and I'll give you the 30-second the, the cliff note version of it. Uh, I'm 41. I've been in real estate since I'm 19 years old. I Actually, my eldest son I had when I was 19 years old, and I needed a real job. And essentially, I was offered a position to be the secretary, literally a secretary to the owner of one of the largest real estate companies here in South Florida, actually the largest. And... At the time, and I didn't realize it at the time, there was a, he was complaining a lot about the company recruiting agents, but they were also losing agents out the back door. Mm. And I just walked up to him and said, listen, all I do is hear you complaining about this. Give me an opportunity to help the company in, in recruiting. And, that kind of, and I did that within eight months. And within eight months, I was actually promoted to the recruiting director for this company. And, I, and in my going on 23 years in the business, I've served as recruiting director, secretary, sales coach, sales manager, sales, um, and the company that I run now that I'm president of and becoming a partner of, uh, I took it over five and a half years ago. Uh, we had two offices and just over 40 realtors. As of today, we have, uh, we're opening our sixth office and we have close to 500 realtors. Um, and like you, I have my own podcast called The Closer Club that I launched about a year and a half ago, a little over a year and a half ago. Uh, where we just filmed episode 94. It's it's fun. It's my passion project. So Nice. Love it. I love it. And and honestly, like, okay, so one of the things I want to ask, just, just going straight into this is, you know, so do you know when you were surrounding yourself with these, like, really influential people at the time? Because you said you were 19 when you started, right? I was 19 when I started a real estate, yeah. So at that time, like, if you can think back when you were 19, I'm 26 at the moment, I kind of started my whole journey in speaking and kind of the passion for social media started when I was 21. So at that time, did you find like the people that you were surrounding yourself with really have an impact on your mindset and just the daily actions that you were taking? 
Absolutely. And, and I'm very fortunate that I can look throughout my career and not only name all of my bosses in real estate, mm. but tell you that I have a close relationship with every single one of them. And, and the very first guy was a guy named Mike Pappas, who, who is as dynamic and I, I describe him as being soulful as he was then, as he is today. Um, I still have lunch with him pretty much quarterly, uh, even though technically he's a competitor of mine because I'm in the same marketplace. Um, his daughter's married to the vice president of our company, um, after him and he played a huge role, still does. I still go to him for advice. Um, then after him was a guy named Rich Cosner who had recruited me out to California. Um, and Rich and I are, remain very, very close friends. Um, then Roger Herman, who I worked with both in Florida and in Colorado. I just had lunch with Roger two weeks ago. Um, and then the, the people that I'm with now. And so you look at, you look at, Mike, you look at Rich, you look at Roger, you look at the people that I'm with. I'm close with all of these people. Um, and they all had their own role. They all taught me their own, let's say, method to the madness. Um, and absolutely, they, they played a huge role. But I was very fortunate yeah. that, that I had some really cool people along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will tell you and to the audience that everybody's a mentor. And, and what I mean by that is everybody will either teach you how to do something or we'll teach you how not to do something. Yeah. You just have to be smart enough to know what which one is what, right? Yeah. So and I think you, I honestly believe that it comes across in their energy as well. Like when someone does something or through their actions or just through their personality and their character, we do, like we can just feel people, right? You can, you just kind of feel like this intuition just comes into your stomach where you just know when someone's being fake and someone's being really genuine and authentic. Right. Well, and that... I think that's, that's a skill that gets developed. How you develop it, I have no idea. But I will tell you, you're, you're, you're in, and because I mean, that may be your next My next question would be, well, how do you develop that skill? Um, personal growth. I, I think, huh? I honestly think it's personal growth. For me, it came through just my mindset, personal development, change. Like, so for me, just to give you a quick insight about my story, over six years ago, I was super shy. I had eight friends. I couldn't speak to a woman. And I just played Call of Duty, went to work, came back home. I work at Morgan Stanley, so I just used to go to work, come back home, and I literally just played games. That was my life. I was super shy. I couldn't, like, when I speak to a woman or saw a woman, I used to shake, tremble. Like, I, I, I just lost it. And, like, you know when your eyes just get teary when you're, like, a bit nervous? That used to yeah. happen to me. Um, and then, like, literally it took me around two years when I heard about personal growth. It took me two years, and I started reading books, like, my first book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Then How to Win Friends and Influence People. Then Think and Grow Rich then the rest was history. Like I just started becoming so much more confident. And then I started my video journey through, throughout the time it was through Snapchat. I started making yep. videos, start putting out content because there were no Instagram stories. Um, so I was just putting out content. I was like, I was learning so much. And to answer your question, I, I developed those skills from learning, but taking action on what I was learning. Most right. people today, they learn and they don't take action on what they learn. They just have so much wisdom and knowledge, but they're not doing anything with it. Yeah, well, wisdom, wisdom and knowledge does you no good if you don't put it to use, right? 100%. Um, my, my, my journey in that aspect was a little different. I think a lot of it had to do more with just being around so many people all the time. Mm. You kind of start to, you, you start to, you know, figure out your, what they call the spidey senses, like Spider-Man senses to know who's full of BS and, and who's actually That's the true. real deal. Now, at this point at 41, I pick up on it. I think at least I pick up on it right away. Yeah. I think what also, just to add to that, actually, what also helped me a lot was I was going to a lot of events. Like, so I, it wasn't just all social media. I loved the offline world a lot more than social media. 
because that's where I was feeling people. Yeah, that's yeah, where, for sure. That's, that's where I was practicing, like my matching and mirroring and my sales skills and my you know, prospecting. And that's where I was really learning the most by literally putting into practice, making mistakes, making a, making a fool of myself, but at the same time, building amazing relationships, making great friends, and just networking with people that were like-minded. They, they, they were ambitious. They wanted to do more in their life. Um, right. And I, that's why today I truly believe like the people that we surround ourselves with really, really matters. I, I would tell you that I, 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 you hear that a lot, right? Yeah. You hear the, your network is your net worth. And I would tell you that I never realized how powerful that was until I launched the show. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting across from guys that are worth $300 million, $500 million. They're billionaires, $50 million. You know, just, it's a different type of level of person. Mm. And, and I didn't realize that, that your network really had, plays that big of a role in how you think, how you process information, how you see the world until you start putting yourself in that environment. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, this is how they do it. Okay, I got it down. And you, and you follow that path all of a sudden, you know? And that happened with my show. I totally can resonate with that, man. Because even me right now, believe it or not, like having you as a guest on my show is like, whoa, because obviously I've had like other guests. I've had just like friends of mine on the show that are just sharing their journey and stuff like that. And then as I started getting like more and more traction, you know, more people wanted to be on my show and having people like you and then Sam Bakhtiar and then David Meltzer and, and Evan Carmichael. And I was like, holy shit, like these people are, in my eyes anyways, are like my mentors. Like, I've been following them online for so long and they, they have been just mentoring me. Having a podcast just allowed me to just, like somehow I just had a little bit, a little bit of credibility and that little bit of friendship with them. But they felt like Absolutely. this guy has a podcast. He's super consistent. He hasn't stopped. He's been having 34 guests in a row. Most people give up after seven. That's and right. I was just like, man, like I was just so grateful. And I am so grateful just to be, connecting myself with people like you, Alex, and, and the people that I get to just interview and, and have a chat with. Because for me, I just want to learn. Like, I'm just surrounding myself with people who have the success that I want. And I just want to pick their brain, brains. Because for me, this, this podcast was about just helping people and bringing on, like, in my eyes, what I call servant leaders. Okay. People who want to just give back to others and genuinely do it from the bottom of their heart. A lot of people, as I said to you earlier, like, they have this, this manipulation of, like, they... They do something because they want something back. Correct. Whereas I'm Absolutely. all about give, 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 and then ask once to like share something or, you know, spread this message, or get some referrals and stuff like that. Right. So, so I love that, man. Um, so something I want to ask you actually is when you, so throughout your journey, right? When you used to, what did you used to do on those down days? Like, what did you used to do when you were just like crap? Like you were in like deep, deep trouble. Well, one, so that's kind of evolved, right? Um, and, and I've had those, I've had down days and then I've had actual, that were called emotional down days. And then I've had down days that I was like, my back was up against the wall. So there, mm-hmm. there's, let's separate the two. And so I would tell you the down days, no matter what I do is I'm, I'm always working out. That hasn't changed in 20 years. Um, recently, in the last few years, I've really dig deep into or dug deep into CrossFits and triathlons and Part of like my office, and, and since we're on video, I can show you guys. I'm going to turn around. So I have like all wow. of my racing medals on the wall, wow, and that so is something that man. there's about. Thanks, man. There was about 47 hours of racing on that wall. Wow, how many but medals are there on that wall? Oh, uh, 19. 19. 19 right now. Wow. And I'm going to add. Uh, probably 60. Yeah, something wow. like that. 
super cool, man. Um, I can relate to you because I love CrossFit. I love HIIT training. I love calisthenics. I love bodyweight training. And I'm, I'm learning about animal flow at the moment. So I'm just loving all this kind of... Journey. Nice. Well, I, yeah, I, I mix it between CrossFit and triathlons. And, and so the, the fitness is a big part of it because that a lot of times will get you out of the funk. And then the, the other thing that I've been doing, I've been doing it for like the last two months now, is I have a journal and I typically have it right next to me, but I read it before I came into my office. And in my journal, I have two things. One, I have my list of 25 manifestations. And essentially, your manifestations are things for which you're grateful for as if they already happened. So, and I have 11 personal, I have eight personal professional that have to do with like my podcast and my real estate investing. Um, and then I have six that are strictly professional. And some of them are silly. Like I'm so happy and grateful I drive a Porsche 911. Now, I don't drive a Porsche 911. I drive a Ford Raptor, which is sick but I want to have the Porsche too, right? So that, that, that's silly things like that. Um, and then I have big ones that really pertain to my life. Um, but then in addition to that, I also have what I call my gratitude exercises. And my gratitude exercises are comprised of three things. Um, on any given day, I write minimum five things for which I'm grateful for, okay? But on the days that I've gotten my ass kicked and I really had a bad day, I force myself to write minimum 25 to 30 on my bad days, not my good days. Why? <clears throat> You will find out that on your bad days, even though you had a bad day, there's so much that you have to be grateful for. And so it just takes work to figure it out. And every single night I do it with my pen. I write down, I don't do it on my phone. I don't just think about it. I write down the things for which I'm grateful for five. And then on the bad days, 25 to 30. Um, that's part one. The other thing that I do is every single day, I send at least one gratitude text message to somebody within my circle of influence just thanking them and, being, and, and saying, you know, I'm grateful to have you in my life and, and here's why. That's played a huge role. Um, and then the third thing I do is every Sunday night, I review my schedule for the week and I kind of sum it up into one sentence. And, and last week was I had like 30 something appointments on my calendar. So my sentence for that week to set the tone was you were built for this. Um, this week I happen to have more holes in my, in my schedule, thankfully, like, except for like today, I have like eight meetings today, but I had some open holes in my schedule. So the sentence to myself was double down on the open opportunities, like used essentially telling myself when you have a window, double down, don't go on Instagram and Facebook, use it to, you know, to move the ball, to move the ball forward. But in 2013, I had a, I had a very rough time where like I got out of real estate at $5,000 in the bank. It's, and it's a long story, but, but my overhead was 10,000. Um, so I was in a real tough spot financially. And for me, the, the metals behind me that are hanging, these are my brokerages, my real estate company's annual awards. And I have them there because they remind me of my inner motivation. Um, when I started with the company in 2014 in July, they told me, we're going to close the company at the end of the year. We don't think this is a viable business. So let's see what you got. And now I have, you know, all these awards on the wall and they're you know, about $3 billion worth of sales on that wall. And it was because I knew I had enough belief in myself that I could turn the company around with the right team and, and build it up. Right. And so that, that thing, when you're in that position where you're up against, like really against the wall, like I had $5,000 in the bank. I was separated from my wife. I had this, at this point, I had my four boys. I had my 22-year-old, and now my boys are 22, 13, and I have 10-year-old twins. Like, it was – I didn't have time to sit in bed and cry. I had to go out there and produce. And from July 17, 2013 to December 31, 2013, I sold over $7 million worth of real estate, cold turkey. Um, and, and so you, you have two types. You have the emotional 
just daily grind stuff that if you have the right mindset exercises in place, you can, you can stay ahead of that curve and you will have it. I had one of those days this week. I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Uh, and I found myself doing gratitude exercises actually earlier in the morning. By 10 o'clock in the morning, I was already doing it to work on getting myself out of that funk. And then you have the days that like you're, you're legit, forget it's days and months that you're like legit in a real tough bind. Well, that's where you got to, you got to find that deep inner motivation. That's going to want to get you out of bed and fight that fight versus staying in bed and just crying. You're <laughs> crying it out, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So true. So something that you just touched on, actually, how does someone find that? Because I know for me, it took time, right? You have to be patient and you've really got to dig deep, as you said, but for someone listening right now, how do they find that deep thing that, that let's, let, let's do let's do it right now what's your inner motivation mine yeah what motivates me every single day is just for, just the fact that i want to prove to my family that i can do something big with my life because my okay. whole my whole childhood they've just been telling me that i'm never going to make it that because i didn't go to university i'm not the smartest of person yes i work in a bank but they don't see me as someone doing something more with my life they're just constantly like um, kind of just putting me down and telling me you're never going to make it. You're never, stop right. doing the speaking stuff. Stop doing all of the things that you're doing. You're wasting your time, etc. Okay. So what happens if you prove them? What happens if you don't prove them wrong? How are you going to feel about yourself? I'm, I would just be annoyed. I would just be like, like I'm, I'm not going to let that happen. The, with, the, with the motivation that I have, I just won't let it happen. I'll just constantly be kicking myself in the face to make sure that I, I make it happen. Yeah. So that's, that's your inner motivation right there. Right. And so somebody, and those are the questions that you need to be asking yourself. When I coach, I coach uh, about 15, we have 500 agents, but I coach about 15 of them one-on-one. And the very first question I ask them is, well, what's your inner motivation? Typically the answer you get is, well, I want to make money. Mm -hmm. That's not a, that's not an inner motivation. That's a, that's a result of you accomplishing whatever it is that you want to accomplish. So then my follow-up question is, well, what happens if you don't make money? And the one example that almost brought me to tears is we have an agent who said, Alex, listen, I'm a firefighter, you know, but firefighters here are like 24 hours on, 48 hours off. So they have significant amount of time to put into the other businesses. And he goes, but real estate is what provides me an opportunity to take my family on vacations. I said, cool. What happens if you don't take your family on vacations? Well, if I can't take my family on vacations, then what happens is that I'm just a grumpy dad who's working all the time, come home. Tell my kids, hurry up, brush your teeth, do your homework, get to bed, wake up, eat breakfast. Come on, we got to go to school. And I'm, and I'm the bossy dad. We're on vacations. I get to be the cool dad. Like I get to be one-on-one with them, spend time with them, show them that I love them. And I said, well, what happens if you're unable to provide those vacations to your family? And then his like eyes start watering up. Mm. And I'm like, boom, you found your inner motivation. Yeah, and as yeah. we move forward in the coaching – you know, anytime you ask yourself, you don't want to do something, you have to remember this exact conversation to get your, your ass out of bed and get moving. Yeah. And, and that's how you find it. You just got to really go above and beyond what the, super, the superficial answer that you're giving yourself. Mm, I love that. It's so powerful as well. You're absolutely right. There's a, there's a book by, yeah. I forget who wrote the book, but um, it's called, seven, I think it's called Seven Levels Deep. Where you literally ask, you ask yourself why, like, so when, when you want to ask someone the same thing that you ask them, you just ask them, like, what is it that they want to do in their life? And they'll say, like, making money, I want to make more money. You say to them, why? They say, oh, because I want to take my family on vacation. You, again, you ask them why. And you do that seven times and the seventh level and the, the seventh why is the one that really hits them. And, this, and, and they really, that's the inner motivation. That's when right. they really find this is, the, this is the reason why you really want to do what you want to do, man. What's, well, I'm going to write that down. What's the name of that book? I think it's called uh, The Seven... Le- uh, 
I think I, I forget the name I'll, of the book. I'll, I'll seven layers of, of of something. I'll figure it out. Don't worry. Yeah, about yeah. It. something like the seven le- the seven levels of finding your why or something like that. Okay, you got it, man. Don't worry. I think it was oh yeah, it was, it was Dean Graziosi. Oh, okay. He, yeah, Dean yeah, Graziosi. He's the one who I think he's it's his it's in his book. It's I forget yeah. the name though, but it's something like that. Seven levels of thinking or finding oh, your why. It's good, man. It's good. We'll figure it out. Uh, Google, baby. Google. Google. Yeah, <laughs> I love technology. Actually, just just on that, right? I want to talk a little bit about like your journey when it came to let's say starting your podcast, right? When right. you were like making content um, and you know I don't know finding people to have on as your guest. Or even now, like some of the guests that you have is, is super impressive. How, what did you, what, how's that journey been for you in terms of like networking and, and uh, people? Well, I, I think let's start with why the show was even started at the beginning. Yeah, let's, let's do that. So what happens is in, in South Florida, there are in Dade and Broward County, so essentially Miami and Fort Lauderdale, there are 50,000 realtors, over 50,000 realtors. Yeah. And for them, those realtors, their customers are buyers and sellers. Me, as the leader of my brokerage or any leader of a brokerage, our customers are not the buyer and the seller. Our customers are the realtors. And it becomes a result of how do I get in front of these 50-something thousand realtors to be able to show them, hey, listen, I got great energy, great vibe, all this good stuff. And so you have to go to the sandbox that they play in. And the sandbox that they play in is social media. Cool. Now, what's the, the toy that they play with the most in social media? It's video. And I said, okay, what can I do when it comes to video? What can I do to separate myself over the plethora of videos that are out there? Well, I can leverage the fact that I am connected to some of the biggest real estate players in South Florida. Cool. I launched a show. And like I said, when we were off camera, it's like iPhone 11, you know, uh, two people interviewing me, holding, going back and forth and and all that. And it's obviously evolved. Um, But what really took it to the next level was there was an event. I started in June of 18. So I guess I'm coming up on, on two years now. And I, every, you were talking about consistency. Every single week, I've done it. Sometimes twice a week to where I'm up to 94 episodes now. Awesome, and long story short, there was an event in October that attracts about 5,000 realtors uh, here locally. And they do panels and discussions. And I asked the PR agency for them, get me on stage. You guys always have the same people. They're great. They're, they're really good people. They know their stuff. But you get, they're, one, they're boring. And people are bored. They're boring because they've been on this stage many years in a row. Get me on stage. I'll crush it. And the PR agency said to me, literally, Alex, we know you. We know your brokerage. But the company that puts on the event doesn't know you or your brokerage. So sorry, we can't pitch you. And I said, cool. Hung up the phone. The very first call I made was to Ryan Searhan. And uh, I'm not sure if they air this over where you are, but Ryan Searhan is this uh, celebrity realtor that's on a show called million dollar listing new york from here from there i reached out to brad lee from there i reached out to patrick bet david then i got elena cardone grant cardone's wife on i started pegging um the wolf of wall street though i didn't get him on until a year later but i just started going after these tom bill you like i just started going after these people um and that's kind and then i realized oh my god all you got to do is ask and most of the time they'll come on as long as you can provide some sort of a value to them for coming on and then sometimes it took me asking them no lie a hundred times, but I did it. I just, I didn't care. I've only been blocked once by somebody. So whatever, I got everybody else. What do I care? Yeah. Um, and that's how it's kind of evolved and it's still evolving, man. It's, it's, um, so yeah, I, I do them on Facebook, but then I'm putting them on YouTube and I put them on iHeart and 
it goes through this whole process. And as they figure it out, I just, I just keep moving the ball forward because for me, it's a fun project. I don't pay my bills with it. Um, you know, and so for me, if I mess it up, I don't care. I don't care what people think I'm going to keep going, you know? So that's how it kind of evolved and, and where we're at with it now. I love that. But how do you, okay, so for the listeners, right, this is something that even, even through, my, through my journey when everything just changed for me and the reason why I'm so confident today is because I just had a mind shift one day. I literally just had a paradigm shift where I asked myself, why am I giving a crap about what other people think about me? Like, sure. why am I letting other people stop me from doing something I love? I love talking on stage. I love helping people. I'm good at inspiring people. I have so much natural, crazy energy that I have no idea where it comes from. I just have it. And I truly just, I just awesome. love helping people from the heart. Like I just get high. I don't, I, doesn't matter how much money I ever make. I just get high on making other people happy. That's it, man. Like I seriously do. Awesome. It just makes me so yeah, you can tell, and you can, and you can tell. Um, but you know, I, and I guess I never answered the question of how has it made a role or an impact in my life? I think really, I, I would tell you, I, like you, I didn't go to college. I had my son at 19. I was working full time, going to school full time working full-time, something had to give, and, and really what gave, what gave was college, right? Between family and work, I really had no time for anything else. That's an excuse that I gave myself because I just wasn't an education guy. I wasn't who I was. Mm. And, and so you learn throughout the process, but the, the last year and a half or a little over a year and a half that I've been doing the show, you sit with these people and you're kind of getting that college education. 100%. It starts opening your eyes. Like, you know, like you typically you don't believe it. Like you believe it'll happen, but you really believe it once you've made it happen. Yeah. I started sitting with these people and seeing that the levels that they're at. And I'm like, man, I used to think that they had something that I didn't have. And that's why they're at the levels that they're at. When in reality, they don't. They just tried they never gave up and they kept pushing, 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 take risk, failed, got up, kept going, kept going. And I realized they really didn't have anything I didn't, whereas I wanted to give myself the excuse that they did. And that's why they were where they were. And I was where I was. Yeah. Um, the biggest shift uh, or the biggest impact by far was in December, I was interviewing Bedros Koulian. And Bedros is the CEO and founder of Fit Body Bootcamp and, and all that. And I remember talking to him off camera. And he's like, well, how was your year? And I was like, oh, I, you know, I had five goals. I, I hit two and a half of them. I really didn't hit the others. And he goes, well, why didn't you hit the others? And I started giving him all these excuses. Oh, this, this, and this, and this, and this. And he looks at me. He's like, dude, you're full of shit. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, it's all your fault. <laughs> and it was, like, it, it was like a punch in the face. And as he walked me through it, I realized, oh, my God, he's right. It is all my fault. Like, I didn't buy the number of investment properties I wanted to buy because I was scared. Not because I didn't find the right cap rate or I didn't find the right opportunity, or because they were priced too high. No, I just didn't, I wanted to find those excuses as a, as a reason to not have to take the money out of my bank account, mm. you know? But, and for every failure, for every reason why you didn't hit your goal, you're going to find extenuating reasons unlimited. Yeah. But the reality is the only reason that matters why you didn't hit your goal is right here. It's mm. yourself. 100% of the time. Yeah. So how does someone not, okay, so in, in that situation you just described, right? how does someone not beat themselves up and rather just get themselves back up again? Okay, great question. I'm going to turn around since this is a video podcast, I can show you. This is my company award, all right? Actually, hold on, I'm going to, let's get dead air for a minute because I want to show you something real quick. Okay, let's go. <laughs> all right. So one day I had a staff meeting, right? Yeah. And in this staff meeting, I remember, guys, if you want to work for a company, you need three things. 
You need alligator skin so that things bounce off of you. You need roller skates because we move fast and you need coffee because we don't sleep. And I remember when I said this and I'm looking down, I'm sorry, it's I'm opening something up. Um, I, I said, hold that thought. I wrote something down. And what we ultimately did was, let me see if we can get this out. Okay. We hired a graphic artist to design an alligator skin wearing our shirt. Wow. Okay. On roller skates. And if you see it, he's drinking a, he's drinking a cup of coffee. Okay. This is our, this embodies our culture as a company. We ultimately, you know, put it on our award for last year, an alligator tail. Let me see. I'm kind of, I feel like a newscaster right now. The alligator tail with the coffee and the, and the roller skates. And so the, the reality is that what good are you doing by beating yourself up? It just doesn't move the ball forward. Right. And so you got to really develop that alligator skin because you, you will fail. Absolutely. Even the successful people still fail to this day. And so you just got to get up. It doesn't, it, it, you serve no purpose feeling bad about yourself. What is that going to do to move the ball forward? It doesn't. Right. So if it doesn't move the ball forward, it shouldn't be involved in your life. You got to keep going and you develop it by having the gratitude exercises, staying in that positive mindset, working on the positive mindset, being like, listen, you're a positive dude. I'm a positive dude. I'm high energy. Like you, I'm Cuban. I don't even need Cuban coffee to be this hyper. Right. (laughs) Amen, brother. (laughs) And, and, but we, I don't know about you, man, but I work on it. Like dude, I work on it. I get my ass kicked and it's okay, but it's an just as much as I work for all those medals on my wall that, that, you know, there's 47 hours of clock time mm. on the wall of like, you know, the, the race starts, but there's thousands of hours of training on that wall. And yeah. so it's the same thing with your mindset. Like there are days that you're going to be positive just because you woke up positive. Mm. But for those days that you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, like happened to me on, on Monday or, or, or whatever, you have the, the, the exercises that you're doing on a regular basis to step up and help you when you need it. It takes work. And so if you make a proactive approach to your mindset, the days that you get your butt kicked, you'll have, you'll have the, the, the muscle memory to rely on to get you out of it and, and keep moving. And that's how you do it. That's really how you do it. And you, and you take the hits that you're going to take. You know, love that. I love the analogy, man. That analogy was super cool. I'm going to use it if you don't mind. I'm going to steal your analogy, man. No, you know, it's funny you say that because and, and I didn't re- when I built my when I, I just remodeled my whole office and I'll kind of show you in a second what it looks like. And so the, and I didn't realize it, but it's kind of how the stars align. My office really embodied ultimately what were the three things I think anybody needs to be successful. OK. In no particular order, the environment. The environment is important. And, and I used to be on the road a lot with my, I put 45,000 miles on my car in a year and a half to give you an idea. And so what, what happened was I'm like, dude, I'm killing three or four hours a day in my car. And the reason I was doing that was because A, I didn't ask people to come to me. And B, I didn't want to be in my office. I had this big bulky furniture. It was depressing. So the first thing I did was change my environment. I got rid of my furniture. I painted, I you know, added some touches. So the environment's a big deal. And I think for anybody who's looking to move the ball forward, they have to be in the right environment. But that's number three on the list. Number one on the list are behind you is you need that inner motivation because that inner motivation is what gets you out of bed in the morning. doesn't matter how good you are at sales. doesn't matter how good you are at podcasting or it doesn't matter how good you are at anything. You have to be able to put your two feet on the ground in the morning. And so what's going to help you do that is that inner motivation. And then the medals, and that's why I had that here, because this, this is my inner motivation. It reminds me of my inner motivation. And the medals on my wall remind me of the how, which is the third. 
And so you can have these visions of grandeur and, and all these goals. And like you said, you can be the smartest guy because you've watched all these YouTube videos and these influencers and, and you watch this podcast and you get all these great ideas. Awesome. But now what? You got you to have a plan. You got to have a how on how you're going to get there. And that's how my office evolved. And now that's what it is. So like if you were to look, there's my front door. You walk in. I like these motivational things on the wall. Uh, particularly, this is my favorite. You can't deposit excuses. Um, I have a TV, which I also learned from a lot of the people I, uh, that I've interviewed. Uh, this is, is like my a visualization company. process. Yeah, well, yes. But what I have on here, these are my company. This is my company website. Okay. But what's really on there are my KPIs. Like I'm always analyzing our numbers. I just, when I'm on a podcast or I have people on here, obviously I revert to a, a different screen. I have more motivational stuff. And then I have like, you know, the, the awards on the, on the awards on the wall. Um, and so if you can have the, and I don't even know how we got on this. I'm sorry. I can tend to go on. <laughs> it's totally cool, man. But if you, if you give you, if you find your inner motivation, you know, the how, and you put yourself in the right environment, you're going to have a trifecta, you know, for success. My opinion, at least, you know, mm. no, you're hundred percent right, man. Like one thing I did, um, just to touch on when you said environment for me, the way I changed my environment was I never stayed at home, man. You know, like there's a lot of these people that do side hustles or online businesses and sure. like all these things and they just stay at home and they sit in their bed and they're just on the laptop, right? And they just think they're going to, you know, be super successful from sitting at home. I never did that. I literally, for the last four and a half to five years, probably five years plus, I literally, so I, so I like I said, I still go to my full-time job. I go to Mugustani every single day. I go to my full-time job. I come home. I eat something. I get changed. And I used to leave the house and I used to go and sit in hotel lobbies, coffee shops. That's where I used to hustle. Because just me being in that environment where other people were, put some headphones on with some kind of music or some kind of podcast or something where I can listen to and just crack on with the work. I'm really good at just cutting out the distractions and just focusing on my hustle for like a good two hours. And then I can just kind of switch off. But but I really believe in like cutting distractions, right? And that's why the environment is so important. Just like your office, how you have all those motivational quotes. I I love, I love coming to my office now. Like I walk in, it's like, I'm I'm happy to be here. Whereas before I loved my job and I loved everything that I did for my job. I just didn't like coming to my physical office because of the way it looked. It was just wasn't, wasn't pretty. Yeah. It wasn't motivating. It wasn't exciting, you know? So Love it, man. I love it. Okay, so I have another question that just stemmed up into my mind randomly. Yeah, go for it. Um, so, so a lot of the people that you surround yourself with now, right, they are, let's say, on the same level as you, or if not, they're, they're doing better than you, let's say, in your, in your field. How do you kind of, like, do you still get nervous? That's kind of my, my question. Do you still get nervous around people where, let's say, for your podcast, for example, like, you know, when you, when you get a, a big guest on your podcast, do you still get yes. those? Absolutely. It's important. It's important. Now there's a difference between being nervous and not being able to control the emotion. Right. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely get nervous. Uh, I love getting there. I actually enjoy getting nervous. It Mm. shows me that I care. Uh, when I have an interview that I'm not getting nervous before, it typically is not as good as an interview as the ones that I get nervous before. Now, granted, you can hit home runs every single podcast, Especially when you're, you know, now you're a 30 something, you're going to find that out already. I'm a 90 something. I've already figured it out. They're not all home runs and that's okay. No. Um, but yeah, I, I, I actually enjoy getting nervous. It, it, it makes me pay more attention. Uh, it shows me that I care more about it. 
Um, and yeah, I absolutely get nervous before it. And I still mess up. It's awesome, but I love it. I, I enjoy that part of yeah. it, you know? So yeah, I'm the same. I think, I think most people just like, they, they're just scared to fail. They're genuinely just scared to make mistakes. And I tell people, hey, go make more, like go get more rejections. Go fail more, like go make more mistakes because yeah. that's, that's the only way that we actually grow. Yeah, you know, and it's an it's an interesting thought process because a lot of people w- would say, "Well, I'm I'm, I'm scared of failing." Mm. Well, and the reality is, it actually has nothing to do. Yes, they are scared of they're scared of failing, but they're scared of failing because they don't know enough information about what they're going to do that is causing them to fear. So there's a there's a great book uh, called Never Split the Difference by a guy named Chris Vaz. And he talks about, and it's a, talks about negotiation. He's a former FBI lead hostage negotiator, right? And he talks about that the presenting behavior, like the behavior that you're seeing is driven by an underlying emotion. And so you'll see this presenting behavior, which is, oh, I'm scared to fail. But the actual, there's an underlying emotion to that. And typically what I have found is that those underlying emotions are on, based on unproven unfounded information. Um, and that's, what's causing them the, that fear to fail. So somebody may say they're scared to fail when in all reality, they're scared. Yeah, they are scared to fail, but it's because they don't haven't done the proper research. They haven't figured out whatever it is that they need to figure out in order to make an educated decision as to whether or not they're going to fail or not. Right. Um, and so I think anybody who's scared of failing, you really have to push yourself and figure out, okay, what is it that I'm afraid of in failing? And you're going to probably find out that you're failing because you haven't put in the work yet to know that you're going to be able to prove it. And that's why you're scared to fail. That's what I would do. Yeah, I think. And also, I think people also think, um, I think also people are just scared to, what if they do make it? What if they actually be, be, what if they, what if they find success in it? They're also scared because they think, they feel like they're going to fail, but sometimes they don't and they make it and they're like, holy shit, like this this actually happened. Like how? (laughs) Well, and that's a, listen, that's a great, you know, Grant Cardone talks about two, there's bad problems and good problems, right? Yeah, exactly. and, and a bad problem is failing and actually not making it. A good problem is making it and now not knowing what to do. Yeah. And so you would much rather have good problems and have bad problems. 100%, man. I love it. I love it. Um, man, there's been so many things that just come and just kind of stemming up in my mind. And this is why I love one of the things like I'm, I'm even going to just like, honestly just be super honest with you almost every piece of content or podcast or speaking gig or anything i've done in my life so far has mostly been on improvisation honestly man i never prepared i don't know how i do it sometimes but i feel like the love and the kindness and the and just my positive energy allows me to just go with the flow and have and have just a good conversation with the people I, I, i know what it is and it's because you're true to yourself you're that, that famous A word, you're authentic, right? Um, and you're not making shit up. And, and so what happens is like, you, you notice on this podcast, I didn't ask you the questions before. You're kind of like, hey, dude, I don't know what the hell I'm going to ask you. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's rock. Let's rock. I don't care because I am who I am. I say what I say. I'm not lying. I can't remember because if you lie, you can't remember what it is. And, and what I have found, by the way, with the guests on my podcast, I, I'm different in that aspect. I prepare typically seven to nine questions on, on my podcast. Um, but I would tell you that 99% of the time I tell the guests, do you want to see the questions before we go on? They're like, no, man, I'm going to answer what I'm going to answer. I'm not going to answer it any differently than if I saw the question. And I would tell you that like you, 
and you're probably like me in this regard, if we tried to rehearse it, we would bomb it. Yeah. Versus <laughs> we just went on the fly, you know? 100%, man. And it's like, it's, it's, I just truly believe, because like you said, if you give them the questions beforehand, they will want to rehearse. They will want to know or try to think of answers. Whereas it, as human beings, what I found in the last five years of like meeting hundreds of people for coffee and, and just like, you know, practicing these, um, these skills like listening and, you know, matching and mirroring and like so many things I've been just practicing and trying on people. I just found that when you just be authentic and you just be yourself, but the first thing is you have to actually accept yourself for who you are first. Then when you don't care no more about anyone else in the world and you're just like, you're going to be in front of someone and you're going to give them your attention, 100% present, and you're just going to be yourself and, and be of service to them and, and bring value. Yep. That's it. Like for me, I just feel like that's the most realist, the, the most authentic way that we can just be with other people. And, and I film, I film my podcast live. So I, what I do is I film them live via Facebook live. Yeah. And from there, I'll save it and I'll put it across, you know, Facebook business and I'll boost it. I'll put it on YouTube. I'll boost it on iTunes and iHeart and all that. But I, one of the reasons why I keep it live is for that reason, because if you mess up, there's no going back and editing. Like, oh, like yeah. I've, done, I've done a few of these podcasts now, thanks to our mutual friend, Todd. And a lot of people are like, hey, listen, I want you to listen to it in case you want to edit something out afterwards. And I'm like, Nah, dude, I don't, I don't, one, I don't have time to listen to every pod, re, re-listen to every podcast that I do. Yeah. Um, and two, I don't care. Like, this is who I am. You get what you get. If you like it, great. If you don't, great. But at least you know where I stand and we rock, man. You know, Brad Lee, I don't know if you know who Brad Lee is, the CEO of Lightspeed. Oh, he I heard just, of him. Yeah. Yeah. He had, he just had a great post about this, uh, like a few days ago, a phenomenal, phenomenal post about that. And about being yourself. And if you're not yourself, then you really don't know who your friends are. Because if, they're, if, if they are friends with the fake you, then how can they really be friends with you? And then when they, you know, so you might as well just be yourself because you're going to piss people off anyways. <laughs> who are you going to choose to piss off? You can't. So do whatever makes you happy. You piss off whoever you piss off. And those that like you are going to stay with you. Those that don't are going to move on. And, and I thought that post of his was, was phenomenal. I love it. I'm going to have to check that out, man. Sounds Bradley, the official Bradley. I'll give him a plug. <laughs> Bradley, I love it. All right, Alex, so we're coming up to the end of the show. And something I do at the end of my show is something called a final four, where I'm okay. going to ask you four questions. And it's basically, like, so you don't have to say one word. You can say one sentence, but it's the okay. first thing that comes to your mind. All right, do it. I love these. All right, cool. So the first thing, the first question is, in one sentence, what comes to your mind when you hear the word overthinking? Overthinking, paralyzation. Paralyzation. Can you a little bit like add on to that? Yeah, I think because when you overthink, like you, you kind of said this in the, in the beginning, I don't know if we were on air or not, that you know people that have been spending months trying to find the right camera to start their podcast. They're overthinking it. Mm-hmm. Just get started. And, and like I told you now, my, I still film with my iPhone 11, but it's, it's moved on, it's progressed, and I have mics and tripods and all that stuff. Just get going and figure it out. There's a saying, you, there's that, that, say, that saying, ready, aim, fire. And people are stuck, in, are stuck in that aim versus, my opinion is, ready, fire, and then aim. You'll get a lot more done and figure it out along the path than you would by always trying to figure out where you're aiming to. 100%. I love that, man. Love that. Thanks for sharing that, bro. Yeah. Okay, the second question is, what one video or movie or documentary have you seen in your life that you would recommend all the listeners to go and check it out because in some ways had a massive positive influence in your life? There's two, and they're both TED Talks. 
Okay. Uh, one is a, t- a TED Talk by a guy named Simon Sinek. Oh, I love it. It talks about the power of why. It's an 18-minute TED Talk, and it talks about the power of why and Martin Luther King and Apple and the Wright brothers. The other one is a 12-minute TED Talk by a guy named Sean Aker about the secret to a happy workplace. And a lot of the gratitude exercises that I'm getting, I got from that TED Talk with Sean Aker. So wow. it's a, it's a, just put happy workplace Sean Aker, you'll find it. Or Simon Sinek, why, and you'll find, and you'll find that one too. Yeah, I think Simon Sinek's one is like still like one of the top 10 best TEDx. Probably. World. Yeah. Probably. Cool. I love it. I love it, Alex. Okay, so third question is now, which one book would you recommend? Because I know there's going to be hundreds of them, but sure. every guest never say one. They end up saying three, four, five books. But what's your number one book that you would recommend every single person to Two. Read? One is uh, The Secret. Uh, and Secrets along, you know, rich, uh, rich Dad, Poor Dad and all that good stuff. But the secret really, if you can, if you listen to the audio version and you can get past the, the like religious music that they have on there, it really talks about the, the power of manifestation. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so if you can get past that, that book is gold, but you have to get past the religious music that, that's in there. <laughs> um, the other one that completely transformed how I speak to people is the one I referenced earlier, Never Split the Difference by Chris Vaz. And the, the, what I call the four quad, the way I can best sum it up is the four quadrants of mirroring what people say, labeling what they say, asking what, asking how, and, and staying within those four boxes. You can change every single conversation you have, even when you're not in a quote unquote negotiation. So the secret and never split the difference. Love that. I'm going to have to check that one out. It honestly reminds me very similar to how to win friends and influence people. Okay. So that's that's that was not the second book I read. Honestly, it's, just, it's probably somehow related to that man because it sounds like exactly the same thing. It talks about matching and mirroring. Talks about listening. It talks about um, like energy and talks about a lot of things yeah. that just allow you. Probably, to- I gotta, I gotta, I gotta listen. I've heard a lot about how to win friends and influence family. I just haven't, uh, I haven't read it yet. Okay, I, I definitely recommend it, man. Maybe just listen to audio book while you're just kind of out and about. That's what I did. I listened to it more than twice now, and it's really powerful, man. Definitely recommend it. Cool. Cool. So, Alex, the last question is the one that gets a little bit more deeper, and it goes like this. If you can spend a few hours of your life learning from someone's wisdom, whether they're dead or alive, this person, who would that person be and why? You know, I was asked this question the other day in, a, in another podcast. You know, like, if you can spend time with anybody that's dead or alive that you can, you can spend time with, and, and, and I don't want to sound corny, but I would love to be able to spend more time with my grandfather who passed away when I was like 18. Uh, actually, I was 19 because my son was only like three months old. And, you know, my family's from Cuba and they had to flee Cuba and communism under Fidel Castro. And he was a very successful business owner. Uh, in Cuba and literally just woke up one day, put his family on a plane and flew to Miami um, and left it all and had to re and start over here. Um, so if there's anybody I could spend more time with, that would be it. I think honestly, and, and this is the, this is the same answer I gave on this other podcast. There is nobody dead or alive that you can't find a YouTube video about mm-hmm. and learn about what they were doing. It's true. But for me, well, then there is no YouTube video about my grandfather. Yeah. So I would love to be able to spend more time with him if I could. Everybody else, I'll just Google it and I'll probably, I'll probably find something, you know? Yeah, you're right, yeah. I, I get, the only difference with me would be, the reason why I kind of love that question is because I, I still think there's a difference between like watching or, or listening or reading something online 
to actually physically be like if I was with you right now if we were doing this podcast live the energy will be I I believe way more different like we'll feel each other's like, I just believe we'll get we would have run into other questions because we were there together things like we can see each other we can feel each other we can it's so much more just real and that's why I love the real I don't think people nowadays realize how important human interaction actually is physical like in real real life because I love social media but I 10x love offline the offline world dude so I have two things one I, I'm always pushing and trying to get our agents to focus on their uh, on their zone of genius their zone of genius is you know either being with a client or trying to get in front of a client and face to face nothing replaces face to face belly to belly palm to palm right that's number one number two about I have done three podcasts split screen okay like what we're doing right now meaning for for my show the closer club and I would tell you that after, and I, the last one I did was episode 50 something. And I said to myself, I would never do a split screen podcast for my show ever again. I suck at it. Um, I'm getting better at it because I, I, I'm doing a lot of these where, where I'm on the other side of the chair where I'm being asked the questions. Um, but for me, it's just, it's a standard that I have in my show that, for example, I really want to get Chris Vaz on, who's the author of that book, you know, never split the difference. I can get them on next week, but I have to do a split screen. Mm. And I told him I turned it down and, and I had to accept an in-person interview in November to get him on. And I said, well, it gives me till November to try to work getting him on sooner rather than later. Yeah. Just because it's, I, I, you're so right about the energy of when you're together and, and just the, the free flow that goes back and forth. So you're right. Love it. Love it, man. Honestly, Alex, I'm super grateful for everything you shared, man. I'm so, I'm so happy. I'm so thankful that we got connected through Todd and through David Meltzer. And if anybody's still listening, wants to reach out to you, wants to know more about what you're doing, your business, your coaching or anything else that you're doing, you, you don't have a book, right? I don't. I want, that's part of one of my manifestations. Book, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy and grateful that I'm a New York Times bestselling author. That's, that's a goal. I do want to write a book um, and I'll probably do it after episode 100. Uh, where, you know, it'll be uh, the Closer Club, top lessons learned from, you know, the world's best entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, they can find me. I, I don't do coaching outside of my company. I, I only do coaching okay. for my agents. It's, I'm not going to be one of those guys that's going to go to get paid. Because, I mean, it's just, it's not, that does, like, you know, you're passionate about what you do. That doesn't make me passionate. So I have no real interest in doing that. Um, but you can find me on, um, on YouTube at The Closer Club, no S, theclosureclub.com. You can find me on Instagram at at Vidal Alex. So at B-I-D-A-L-A-L-E-X or Alex Vidal on Facebook. And, uh, but if you go to, uh, if you go to my, uh, my Instagram, it's open. I have a link tree there and you can find all my links. It's, it's pretty easy. Awesome. Good stuff. So guys, make sure you connect, um, go and connect with Alex. Super awesome guy. I'm so grateful that we got connected. And I'm looking forward to just, just stay in touch, man. I'm looking forward to be of service to you. If I can ever be of service to you and help you in, in your journey, please let me know. And um, yeah, I, you, feelings, feelings mutual, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. But honestly, I'm not going to waste no more of your time. I hope you guys, I hope you go and have an amazing day. And um, I'm looking forward to catch up with you soon, bro. Not, not a waste at all, man. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for making it fun. I appreciate it. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being here, man. I appreciate it. You got it, man. Thank you, guys. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Take care, bro. Take care. Bye.
If you're still there, I just want to say a massive thank you for your attention and your time. It really means a lot to me. Please do me one favor and subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends and leave a rating on whichever platform you're listening to this. It would honestly mean the world to me. Thank you so much once again. I hope that this episode brought value and inspiration into your life and I'll see you guys next week.